Hey, welcome back to another episode of Between Sermons. So glad you're hanging out with us today as we turn our Sunday sermon from a monologue into a dialogue where we can actually just have a conversation about uh, kind of the deeper things of what we've talked about. Uh, in our sermons. And so this week we finished off our three week series on finances. And I felt a deep sigh of relief from a lot of people because they're tired of churches talking about money. Uh, but I hope that it's been beneficial. I think it's been beneficial from at least the people I've talked to. But uh, today we get to wrap things up. And I brought in our campus pastor, Asa Slaughter. Hello. Good Come morning. On, man. Good afternoon. Are you ready for this? And good night. I'm ready. <laughs> you re- you're I'm ready, ready to talk money? Yeah, the money wasn't bad. Um, no, and I think the you. way you finished it off, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was obedience. It was pray and obey. Um, and I think, uh, not to give a plug to the outreaches that we had, I hey. think that was a good example of, hey, this is why we talk about this stuff. Because yeah. people need to be financially financially healthy yeah. so that we can do good. So Yeah, no, it's, it it's pretty good. awesome. So in, in just a span of a week or two, we we what we raised enough money to buy 400 sleeping bags mm-hmm. for immigrants who are living literally in tent cities on the streets in mm-hmm. Chicago, uh, which is a whole messed up situation. You know they're 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 immigrating. They're they're trying to flee their country. They get to Texas and they get bused to Chicago, and going from Texas in the winter to Chicago in the yeah, winter that is a not a, that is a different world. Uh, and so just not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And Chicago's not prepared for it. And so I really th- feel like it is up to Christians to step in. And it doesn't matter what your political view of, you know, should the immigrants be here or not? I mean, at this point, they're here. Right. So are you going to let them starve and freeze to death on the streets or are you going to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Yeah. And so our church decided to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, so that's awesome. 400 too. sleeping bags, a bunch of coats. I mean, it was like a U-Haul full of stuff. Yeah, a U-Haul full of stuff. And. All because people are practicing what's been preached, um, not just the last few weeks, but over time. Yeah. I know we talked a lot about the investing aspect of it, the, the parts of setting yourself up to be in position. But we got a lot of people that's in position to help already, Absolutely. which is which is really good. Yeah, because so. when, when you're blessed, it's to be a blessing. Right. So. Yeah. I love it. And then you got a phone call from a church in the area that the food depository is supposed to give them 120 turkeys. Yeah. And called them up and said, we only got 60. We got 60. Hate it for you. Hate <laughs> it for the said, we got hate it for half, of, half of the families coming through. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was good. And the fact that we was able to answer the bell and say, hey, we could buy 60 turkeys um, and help. Just help. You yeah. know, and that's the whole idea um, is one, people helping people. But church is also yeah. not fussing and fighting with each other based on what one may believe, what the other one may believe. Yeah. It's like, hey, help. We're trying to do good. Can y'all help, man? Yeah. We're all brothers and sisters in the that's Lord. Right. So Same team. That's Let's what we it. did. So Yeah, and I love it, too, because it's, it's another one of those examples, and we've got hundreds of these examples of we didn't have to take up an offering. Right. We didn't have to, like— sit down with a board and get approval it's we have a generous church and so we we make sure that we have room in our budgets where we can just be a blessing and so when when a need shows up we can answer needs without having to 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 like i don't know dig in the couches for Mm -hmm. for the pennies and and plead with the church to do something because they're already doing something on a regular basis so i think man i think it's awesome yeah it was good and it was uh, interesting uh me being new in this role now i guess it's been a year time flies but um knowing the heart of the church the heart of the pastors um being able to just say hey carlton can we do this we didn't even check with the boss but we know the boss loves to give and loves to do that so it was it was good it ain't to toot your horn but it was good to see that we could go ahead and just make that decision to help yeah and it don't have to go through all these 
yep. loops and hoops and <laughs> all this stuff to yep. be able to help somebody because yep. we didn't really have time for stuff. Yep. We needed to order it and get it done. So yeah, I love it. We good. had a finance meeting. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we bought 60 turkeys. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that was good. Yeah, was not good. only did we buy them, but then he went and delivered them. Yeah, not like, he, he, not me, he, he Carlton, yeah, Carlton, Carlton and the team. Went over. They picked them up and yeah. went and delivered them. Um, yeah, it's pretty so cool. So that was good. I love it. Yeah. So, all right, so we close out this series. We looked at uh, a really interesting miracle, at least from my perspective, and I don't know what your take is on this, but uh, I don't know how many people realize that there's not a lot of things that are repeated in all four Gospels. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get some stories that are in this Gospel and maybe in this other Gospel, but not in the other two, or you get some things that are in the, the three synoptic Gospels, mm-hmm. but they're not in John. But this is, this is the miracle. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels, which... I don't know what that means for you, but for me, it's like, okay, let's, this, this was a significant moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, it's cool. You caught me off guard. I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't sure he was done, (laughs) but anyway, no, it is good. Um, It's funny because where I was at with it. So you talked about with that miracle and I may be jumping ahead. It was a great miracle, but the the whole prophet part of how they didn't recognize that this was the Messiah is so funny because I'm, I've been studying um, the Gospels in chronological order. So I was just on that story. Um, and then when they went to the other side yeah. um, and Jesus came walking across the water after going to pray mm-hmm. and how the the revelation I got in that moment is, okay, the disciples been with him, watching him do all of this stuff. And even they still are they like, we've seen so much, yeah. but oh, this is a ghost. Oh, <laughs> you can stop the, the waves. Oh, you can stop the wind. So not only were those that's um, just out there being ministered to by Jesus yeah, yeah. Um, that sees this miracle, are they not even quite, yeah. you know, fully understanding who's in front of them? Yep. The disciples had their issues and their doubts in certain circumstances so it is just an interesting story overall and i think it it ties in we probably don't have time to get into this nuance but Mm -hmm. it goes down to the jewish perspective was that the messiah was going to be a conquering king right that the messiah that they're waiting for was the messiah that was going to overthrow rome Mm -hmm. and set the jewish uh, people free right and so that's that's what they were looking for in a messiah that's why even in the text it, it says that they Jesus left because they were going to mm-hmm. grab him and mm-hmm. force, him, yes, to force him to be king. king. And it right. was like, no, 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 this is not, I'm not trying to challenge Rome. Right. Like, I'm trying to challenge the world. Right. Uh, and so like, yeah, they totally missed it. But yeah, so the story is five loaves, two fish yeah. feeding 5,000 plus people. Uh, but yeah, it's, so this whole beautiful miracle takes place where you've got a little boy being obedient and mm-hmm. we don't even get the boy's perspective. We don't. I mean, these are the interesting things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see the conversation between Andrew and this boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Andrew just like snatched it out of right. his hand, or, <laughs> right. or if the boy was like, "It's for Jesus. Go ahead. He can have my lunch." Like, did the boy expect Jesus to use that to feed everybody, or was the boy like, "Oh, Jesus is hungry. Oh, he can have my lunch." Right. And it could have. It, it may have been that, but I also think about where the Bible talks about having childlike faith. Yeah. This boy could have heard a yeah. story or two. I mean, a lot of them was there cause they've been yeah. hearing, yeah. um, they've been hearing of the things that Jesus has done. And for a boy, it might be very easy to yeah. hear the miracles that he's done already and say, like, Hey, I got this lunch. I know you can do something with it. Yeah. So it could have very well been that also. I mean, they, they really do even, you know, tie it into, uh, Moses mm-hmm. and the manna. And most likely to Elisha, because they talk about a prophet mm-hmm. and Elisha's most famous prophet. Right. Uh, and so 
there's a moment where Elisha takes 20 barley loaves. Mm-hmm. So this boy has five mm-hmm. and, and uh, Elisha takes 20 barley loaves and feeds over a hundred men right. with it. So yeah, it's, it's very possible. The boy was like, Oh, I've, I've, I've heard of God doing a miracle mm-hmm. with barley loaves yeah. so he can have mine. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very possible. And, and you know, and, and not to even come down on those people in that time, because we not only have those stories, um, I know for me, I have evidence in my life that God is pretty real. Yeah. Um, but there, there's times where you can find yourself doubting God when you've seen God yep. do Absolutely. things. 100%. So it's it's not crazy to think that yeah. they were there seeing those miracles. But also sometimes it's like, yeah. I know I saw that, but you yeah. walking on water, you yeah. telling the storm to stop, you turning these fish into from a two piece fish dinner, as somebody used to say, <laughs> to um, feeding 5,000 plus women and children. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, somebody asked me if there were sardines. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what kind of fish they <laughs> right. were, but probably. I mean, they wanted the smallest the, fish. The they boy could find. had five loaves and two fish for one lunch. Right. I mean, either that that boy can eat, <laughs> or those are some really yeah. small fish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny. So we sometimes we talk about faith and how uh, you can have faith in one area of your life that's mm-hmm. really strong, right. but another area of your life your faith is weak. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for me my weak area of faith is probably finance. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like every time I have a financial need, I panic. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reminded of all the times I've had financial need before and God showed up Right. and, and it's like, why am I like, he just got done doing a miracle in my finances. Why am I all of a sudden panic at my finances again? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of people it's, it's one of those, yeah, God did something for me yesterday, but right. what is he going to do for me today? All right. Uh, and that was that need, but now I got a new need and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he's going to show up the same mm-hmm. way. And we, we kind of get in a panic mode. Yeah. And it's just, it's us. It's, um, <laughs> it's not keeping our eyes on his word. It's not keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's, 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 Hey, I'm, I'm Peter and I'm walking on this water. And then I take my eyes off Jesus and look at the storm and now I'm sinking. Yeah. Um, and we are just so similar where it's like, I've experienced this. Yeah. So this circumstance comes up. And lean into that experience and just know. But a lot of times you have to get yourself back to thinking about those things and remembering those things. And um, but the first thing that jumps up is the doubt and the fear and the stuff that shouldn't be there. That usually jumps up the loudest. I'm just spitting all over you. (laughs) That just jumps up the loudest. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know if that's the first on this show. Interesting uh, podcast we've had. This one is going well. It's just great. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, it's easy to see the bad. Yeah. Without knowing that there's good on the other side, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's, it's human nature yeah. to see the bad, and I think it's uh, our born again spirits are like, hey, there's there's good. Yeah, look yeah. at look at this good. Yeah. Tell your mind to shut up yeah. and look at this exactly. good. <laughs> Stop forgetting. Right. Right. Like, and and it's funny because I even read in the Old Testament how many times God like gets mad at Israel for having a short memory, mm-hmm. like. Don't you remember? Yeah. Like, stop forgetting me. Yeah. Uh, and so that was our solution at home is we did what God told uh, the, the Israelites to do. Uh, when they cross over the Jordan River, he tells them to go back in the river and pick up 12 uh, dry stones mm-hmm. and keep them as a memorial. Right. Uh, that these stones would remind you of when you walked across the, the Jordan on, on dry land. And so my wife and I, we have our memorial stone mm-hmm. jar, and it's it's kind of cool because our jar has gotten bigger over the years because right. uh, there's more things that we put in. And so anytime God does a miracle in our lives, we add something, a memento mm-hmm. or or something that represents that, even if it's just a slip of paper mm-hmm. that we write, God showed up in this way. Um, and so we've got this jar at home that just reminds us of all the, the yeah. amazing things that God does so that 
when we need God to show up in a, in a big way, we don't panic. Uh, but instead, we look at that and we, we're reminded of all of the times God has shown up when we needed him. Yeah. Yeah, that is really important. Um, I know in a lot of in, in like in Bible school, that was huge from one teacher. Like, hey, your testimony and your experience yeah. with your experiences with God is what you need to kind of have ready to tell people about because it's those real life experiences that will speak to people sometimes louder than you saying hey this is what the bible says um it's what has it done for you and for you to actually for you first to remember those things um having that memorial box or whatever you called it um having that so that you can be reminded but also you reminding others of hey i've experienced god do this in my life that really speaks to people more sometimes than you giving them a scripture because they're like, yeah, I know I see it in the book, but how does that work for right here in this tangible physical yep. earth? Um, so having that is just so important. Um, when we were in worship yesterday in the first service and I had no plan of going up there bringing Man, you got back memories of, right, of my daughter's story. But we singing about God's goodness and about his miracles and it just, whoosh, it just came over me to remember that moment. Um, because it was good and I could you could feel like that moment I could yeah. feel it in that moment I can feel those emotions that I was having yeah, yeah. um and it's a great end to what happened but it's just how the feeling all of those feelings just rushed back and then the goodness yeah. of God is what really just shined yeah. in that moment it was just it was yeah for, for people that didn't get to hear that story so your daughter mm-hmm. uh doctors come in the room right after she's born yeah uh, and say spend as much time as you can with her because yeah. you're not going to get to take her home. Yeah. 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 So that was actually day three, day um, three. for, for two days. It was kind of the mystery of why yeah. she hasn't really been brought to our room. She's been in incubators and all of this stuff. And, um, the, the I say the mystery, eventually they told us her lungs aren't fully developed. Um, and then they got to that point where it was not progressing. It was going the wrong way. And that was when they was like, Hey, um, just spend as much time as you can. She's too sick yeah. to. And your us. and your wife is a nurse. She's a so nurse. She understands she, all of she, the. She understood all of. Oh. It. I was I was just the, obli- not oblivious. The naive faith man. Yeah, like, I was the oh, naive. God, that, that's God exactly this. what was yeah. happening. I was the naive faith man, and my wife is seeing all of these facts yeah. and all of these things that she knows what it means. Yeah, like yeah. she's reading the monitor, seeing, yeah. oh, her oxygen levels aren't right. She's yeah. not getting a high enough percentage of oxygen to breathe on her own. And I'm like, all I know is God made them lungs. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yes, on day three, they brought us in and said, hey, spend as much time as you can. Um, she's too sick for us to transfer her to the children's hospital. So we can't do that. Just spend as much time as you have with her. Yeah. And man, that was day three and through some tears and then some, okay, Asa, suck it up, shake it off. And I called my mother and did what we do around here, which is, let's, I don't know if it was pray first, but <laughs> it was pray after the cry and after getting a little bit wrecked. But um, to this day, I come across the email that my mother sent to all of her praying friends. She, she drew up an email and put a lot of scripture in there speaking a word about his promises about health and healing and said hey agree with me in prayer this is what's happening and i mean to be honest i would say day four five six seven eight nine and ten you not only did was there a peace but there was a that peace turned into you starting to see it yeah um but I, i would say the peace came first but then starting to see Oh, the doctors are like, oh, well, she's doing okay today. What's happening? And then you started to see this progression of her just getting better and better and better and better. 
And on day 10, they brought us in. They, I think they warned us and said uh, on Monday, she may be, or whatever day, she may be able to go home. We get there that day, and it's the may be able to go home day. And my nurse wife, with all of her list of questions, um, she asked all the right questions, and they gave all the right answers. And some of the questions were, what do we need to do as we go forward, and what do we need to worry about? And their answers were, you don't need to worry about anything. Her lungs look perfectly normal and treat her like a perfectly healthy child at day 10. And they let us go home. And it was amazing. And for me, yes, that's probably the most tangible. I shouldn't say the most tangible, but that was the most important miracle that I had seen to date. Although I grew up in a constant state of, Lord, we need you. (laughs) That one was my child. So that one was life or death for my child. So that was different than mama keeping us alive with her prayers. You know what I mean? Um, it It was just a different moment. And for Tracy being newer at that point to Christianity, um, it was a great example for her to just see God work. I it mean, something to hold on to. Yeah, right? something to hold on to because she had never been a part of things like that. She yeah. had heard me telling stories about growing yeah. up and we kicked out one moment and we <laughs> in a better place the next moment. I don't know. I couldn't explain it, but it was things that yeah. we went through. Yeah. Well, um, I, I want to get to that that testimony uh, in, a, in a second. Mm-hmm. But first, I feel like people would be upset at me if I didn't ask the question. Mm-hmm. When did the fish and the loaves multiply? Oh, not that question. So what, <laughs> so what is your perspective? Because we, we laid out, you know, there's several options. You know, it just it just exploded when he said grace. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or it was the magician, you know, mm-hmm. pulling it out of thin air, just handing out bread and yeah. never runs dry. Or was it everything went into a basket and then you just kept pulling out of the basket? It was like the, the never-ending basket. Mm-hmm. When, when do you think – how do you think that – function so my take um my take is it is more along the lines of as they went and did the miracle happen okay um and we see that in other places go show yourself to the priest some of those stories i see it the same way Uh the healing was happening when they actually went and took that dangerous step of showing themselves to the priest when it was illegal for the leper to go you know into the city those types of things um so I see it that way that it was uh, uh, as they took that step, things yeah. happened. Um, Similar to the uh, the woman with the jar of oil. Mm-hmm. Keeps pouring yes. it out and there's just yes. there's more there. Yeah, yeah. And even even with the, the first miracle, um, the turning water into wine. Yeah. I mean, I think it was water when they scooped and it was wine when it came out into the people's cups. You know what I mean? Man, we don't have – I can't tell you for sure, but I just kind of see it as – it's always a part for us to play yeah, yeah. to s- take the step of I like faith. That. So that's kind of how I frame those yeah. unanswerable I, moments. I, I like that, and and I, I feel like I'm I'm probably right there too, mm-hmm. as far as like if I had to say this is this is mm-hmm. what I think happened. Um, I think that there was a basket, mm-hmm. just a small basket, like the the boy brought his mm-hmm. lunch in, and they just walked around with that little basket, mm-hmm. and it was like every time Andrew put his hand in and, and handed it out, he looked down and it's like, and there's more. There's still five, <laughs> right? But I, but there's still five. But I just, mm-hmm. but there's still five. But yeah. I just, and yeah. I, I don't know. That's I think as as they just kept going around to the people, it was just there was just more in the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause my thing is if it's like poof, there it goes. They're not holding baskets. It's too much <laughs> for them to carry. So in my brain, it's, I mean, uh, it could have poofed in everybody's hands. I mean, it, did they, and I know? guess if he could poof and it's that many fish, he could also make it where they How could carry the fish. How many times are we going to say poof I don't in, know. A, in a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. This, this is probably a record for between sermons. The number of poofs. <laughs> oh boy, God should have gave us more 
answers and we would have to say poof. You know, this is going to be a fun conversation to have in heaven, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I really do. I've talked about this with some guys before. Like, Mm -hmm. I hope that there's like a cinema in heaven Mm -hmm. where like you can watch the things take place. That would be cool. That would be pretty sweet. That would be really cool to actually see it, how it actually happened. Maybe there's like a VR in, in heaven where you don't just watch you, you it on the screen, but you get to like you get to like be there. Yeah, I don't know. I've never done VR really, so yeah. Either way, it, come it on, Asa, cool. get with the times. Get with the times. Just, my kids never wanted one, so I've never done it. All right, so we got the the silly out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to hear your I don't know your financial miracle journey. Mm-hmm. Like, have there been moments in your life where you're like. God did a miracle in our finances, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was when you were a kid or here as an adult or what What does that just kind of look like for for your life? So, um, well, the story that I I throw out there every so often um, like that I was talking about earlier. So um, we had the moment when I was <clears throat> got to think of the neighborhood. We moved a lot. So I was in first grade. So whatever age that is. No, I was a, I was in kindergarten. So I was about five um, and. We come home, we live in Markham, we come home and there's all the stuff outside that the sheriff has uh, put outside so we're getting evicted. Um, And basically in that moment we come home, my mother goes into instant, oh Lord, let's pray about it mode. And then um, I don't know what she did from there. I'm sure she made some phone calls to figure out where we're going. Um, But somehow through prayer, making some phone calls before the end of the day, um, we were driving a U-Haul to our new place in University Park. So that was like multiple moves yeah, we yeah. had as kids, like no place to stay um, for whatever reasons. Um, maybe it's bad money management. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just $8 an hour raising three boys alone is not enough money yeah. for much of anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know the answers because I wasn't worried about it at that moment. But um, so that I would say growing up, we had a lot of those moments like, yeah. man, we really don't have any options. And all of a sudden options open up. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there was where those, technically you're homeless at some point in the yeah. day, but you're in a home by the end. Yeah. of the day. Yeah. In a home by the end of the day. Um, and whether it was. Well, I, w- I would say usually. I don't know where that that one came from. I don't know how we found that place. But there was another instance when I was in um, high school where we really didn't have many options. And uh, somebody from our church was like, hey, um, Deb, that's my mother. Hey, Deb, I have a condo over here in Tinley Park. You guys can live in it. And when you can afford to start paying me, you can pay me. So it was just a lot of God maneuvering things and opening doors. And we just really didn't have many options. Now, I would say this, though, from a perspective standpoint, yeah, we could have probably went and lived with a family member who already had a lot of family members living with. Him. So I can't say that we would have been homeless because we yeah. probably wouldn't. We got a whole lot of family, um, but a family of four going to move with probably already houses that have yeah. multiple families living in them um, because that home we lived in, there was multiple families living in that home throughout times of those first yeah. five years of my life. So. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have been homeless, but it it ended up being better than us having to move in with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, it ended up being what God provided because yeah. my mother was willing to. Man, she was willing. She her biggest thing for us was I cannot have these three boys in Morgan Park with the rest of our family, which is the hood. In the hood, growing up, 
I just know that that's not going to be beneficial yeah, yeah. for my three boys while I'm at work all day. So she was doing everything she could to keep us in these suburbs. Gotcha. That was her goal. I got to keep y'all in these suburbs because I got to go to work most of the day and I, I need to feel like y'all safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know a lot of her her decisions were made for that reason. Was it the right reason? I think the motive was right, 100%. Was it a God told you to do this reason? I don't know. But I think the motive was survival of these yeah. three boys um, yeah, that yeah. I don't want growing up in the hood. Yeah. So, man. And then I thank God that in my life, me and Tracy, my wife's life, we haven't needed a miracle. And I thank God for that. I mean, we've um, done our best to pray and obey and and even times where we wasn't consistently praying and obeying thank god we were probably doing the obey part we were working hard yeah. um kind of if you, if you didn't see the message go watch his message yesterday you'll get what i'm talking about but there was times where we were doing the obey part and necessarily maybe not praying like we should um and, and it sustained us but it wasn't best because when i look back at it now i can see how much money was being wasted yeah. i can see how much was just being spent on things that it shouldn't have been spent spent on um and then now we're in that pray and obey place um and thank god we haven't we haven't needed yeah. a miracle um so it's been awesome that we haven't needed i haven't needed it as an adult and yeah. that's great which means you're probably on the the side of the boy with the lunch mm -hmm. you know and what i mean by that is even in your story of, of growing up, there was a woman in the church that mm -hmm. had a, a condo. Yeah. Right. God provides for people. The answer to a financial prayer is usually found in another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. so there's, there's 5,000 hungry people. God uses one boy's lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you don't have a place to stay. God uses this woman who has mm -hmm. uh, a condo. Like yeah. I, I love how the principle of the kingdom works. Mm -hmm. One person is blessed so that they can turn around and be a blessing mm -hmm. to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of miracles where Jesus uh, or God just makes money appear out of thin where air. Where the poof, the poof right. was the back. Poof, <laughs> the poof of money didn't necessarily happen. <laughs> right. right. Now, uh, for, for my wife and I, so many financial miracles, it, it was a person mm -hmm. that either felt like God was telling them to do something mm -hmm. or there's one story that we had. That I think we talked about, maybe it was you and I that talked about this one time and it was like, was that an angel? And I, and I don't know if it was or not. Maybe, maybe I was having that conversation with somebody else. But, um, one of those times when we had a, um, a deadline to pay my wife's immigration, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. we needed, yeah. we needed a huge lump of money and we just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And I had, I'd been invited to preach at, at this church in, in South Bend, which mm -hmm. I, I was going there, but I wasn't usually preaching there, but they invited me to preach one day and I got done preaching I don't remember what I talked about, but this woman came up that wasn't a part of the church that we'd never seen before. She came up to me after the service and said, Hey, uh, I was really blessed by your, your message today. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just want to be a blessing to you. And I go to this other church with my husband, but it's his church. And I don't really feel comfortable giving there, you know, all, mm -hmm. she had all these excuses and she's like, I just want to give uh, you a blessing. And I was like, Oh, you know, you can give it to the church and, mm -hmm. and, and all that. Cause I'm, that's just my yeah, mentality. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I already gave to the church. I, I want to bless you because you blessed me. Mm -hmm. And I tried to refuse because that just made me feel awkward because mm -hmm. that's not why I do what I do. Uh, but finally, I said, if you if you want to send something, you just send it to the church uh, mm -hmm. and they'll get it to me. Yeah. And so 
forgot all about it. A couple days later, we got a, a check in the mail addressed to me, and it was to the dollar amount what we needed. Mm-hmm. That woman didn't know our story, didn't know what dollar amount we needed, but it was it was the dollar amount we needed in order to file the next fee. And that woman completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Couldn't say thank you. Couldn't like couldn't find her. Like yeah, there's no record of her. It's like yeah. like it's like is that like yeah. the whole like entertaining angels kind <laughs> right. of thing like. Was God like, okay, I ain't got nobody else that can right. give Brent the money he needs, so I'm just gonna plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna put a plant in the church mm-hmm. that's gonna give the money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but either way, God it could have just been a really nice lady that <laughs> right. came by the church. But either way, God used someone else mm-hmm. to be the answer to the prayers that my wife and I were praying. Yeah. And I love that. Um, even when I'm not in need of a miracle. I can still pray about my finances because in my prayers, it may be that God taps me on the shoulder mm-hmm. and says, hey, I need you to buy groceries for mm-hmm. this person. Hey, I yeah. need you to, to give towards this. Yeah. Um, hey, I need you to take care of this person that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And man, it's, just, it's a beautiful thing that you get to be a part of the process. So when you're not in need and when you're in need, the principle is still pray and obey. Right. Right. You know, the interesting part. So as you were saying that a lot of these memories start to flood back to me. Now, there was a whole lot of um, Carlton talked about last week. Don't eat your seed. (laughs) There was a whole lot of that going on also where. So my mother was a faithful tither through all of all of that. She was a faithful tither. So that wasn't an issue. She was tithing. Um, But there was plenty of times where we would go to church. We would eat. Our last meal, we're going to make our last cake. And what's the story of the lady? I'm going to take, take the, the oil story that we was talking about. I'm going to bake this cake and we're going to die. Well, my mother never said this is our last die. meal. We're going to die <laughs> if don't something happen. But I saw her many times buy us something to eat before we go to church and take the last of what she had. Now, she was already tithing. So take the last of what she had and put it in the offering because you're like, oh, this ain't enough. So I'm going to sow a seed and something somebody's going to provide. And before we would leave the church or before the next need would arrive, somebody or something would happen where a provision was made, whether that was in money, whether that was in in random people. Now, we'd go to a restaurant and she'd have the money for that that bill. But the random person just paid for our bill and we don't even know who the random person is. So situations like that, those were happening a lot um, as I was growing up, which was pretty amazing um because we were kind of in a constant state of of need um it just was what it was but it really is so funny because i i tell her now i'm like i had no idea we were so poor you know what i mean because the the joy that she lived with like we didn't i knew i was poor when our stuff was in the yard but i didn't know i was poor before the stuff was in the yard and then after we were in a new place, I still didn't know we were still poor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the yeah. perspective for us growing up was not that we're struggling. Yeah. Um, the perspective was, yeah, things happen, but we'll be okay. God always supplies. Yeah. So it was never this this state of feeling like we wouldn't survive. Yeah. I never had that yeah. feeling or that thought. Um, and I would walk in on my mother in some major praying and, and some major on her knees in tears. Um because she knew she knew the weight of what was happening, but it didn't come out her mouth to her children that there was yeah. that, that that this might be the last cake we eat and then we'll go die. That wasn't in her vocabulary, that wasn't in her thinking, that wasn't in the way that she trained us. Yeah. Um it was just a constant have faith in God. Yeah. Have faith in God. Just have faith in God. I mean, we I lived in a constant state of have faith in God. 
I mean, really. and and it, I mean, it taught you at that time to rely on God as yeah. the provider, yeah. Which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And uh, God did a similar thing in my wife and I's life. You know, we, we told our story of just not having enough, uh, and man, it, it really caused us to say, you know, it, it's it's not the paycheck, it's not the work that I do, mm-hmm. it's God. Yeah. And, and so if if I put Him first. And, and I rely on him, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, I still need to do the, the smart things. I need to make the wise decisions. You know, I can't be out there just spending money like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need a budget. I need to work hard. I need to do those things. I had to get a second job for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, y- you've got to do things. But even after all of that, being able to say, God's the one that provides. Mm-hmm. Like, even at the f- most fundamental level, God's the one that gave you strength to do the job that you're doing. Mm-hmm. He's the one that gave you the wisdom to do the job that you're doing. He, he's the one that made that person say yes to your application mm-hmm. instead of the other guy's application. Like God is the one that sets all of this in motion anyways. Mm-hmm. So even if it's my hard work, I couldn't do the hard work without God. All right. All right. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's, it's um, just understanding that he set you up to be able to prosper yeah. and you just need to do you need to do what you can do to just do your part um, and be obedient. Um, and I'm, I'm still stuck on those stories. So we used to go to WAGS a lot. Do you remember WAGS? I don't remember WAGS. So WAGS had kids eat free on Tuesdays. Okay. But it's supposed to be one kid per adult <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like we was always in WAGS and all three kids was eating free on <laughs> Tuesday. So, like, the favor also yeah. – that was yeah. going on in those moments like because some would think well if y'all so poor why y'all going out to eat well it's i'm it's i'm seeing why now yeah. because it was moments like that where it was like let's just go to wags <laughs> and kids eat free i remember many conversations where it was like ah, it's supposed to be one kid but yeah, it'll be all, right. all three kids <laughs> eat free it'll be fine like the favor that was going on in the middle of all of that stuff is just it's just it's amazing hilarious. to me it, it just really is. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm over here getting like <laughs> you're just, all these you're flashbacks all those memorial stones, uh, right? and stuff. And I wouldn't even thought of that. Yeah. But it's just like coming back to me now. Those times where man, God has been really, really, really faithful. Yeah. He just really has. Um, and I think it's a great exercise. I think all of us need to just be reminded sometimes because because what happens is we have short memories, mm-hmm. and so we get into a financial need and we immediately forget all mm-hmm. of the other times we we're in financial need. Yeah. Cause it's just, this need is so big and it's so drastic and it trumps everything else that has ever happened yeah, in our lives. Right. Ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, right, and, yeah. and so it's just the immediate need, uh, blinds us to the, the blessings of God mm-hmm. that even brought us to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's why it's so important how you broke that down yesterday. It's so important for us to get out of that constant state. Yeah. Um, because my mother was a major giver. Yeah. But she was very, very limited in who she could bless. Because yeah. we was always needing to be blessed. Yeah. And she did her blessing. She did. But yeah. but it just shows that so much more could have been done with right. somebody that had that heart. Yeah. With somebody that, that wanted to be a blessing yep. to others. If there was a, a place where it was finally... Um, blessed enough to really make a huge impact it, yeah. it would have it would have been amazing and she has even in the state she was in because it's if you so my family i got a huge family my grandmother had 11 siblings cool. and and she's the last one left my grandmother um but of all of the children that came from those siblings um when they need prayer when they need hope when they need a kind word when they need a meal they end up 
on my mother's couch and my grandmother's couch. Um, so as much as it is like, man, if she had much more, she could do much more. When I really think about the blessing that she's been she to so many people. Yeah. yeah, to so many people um, that even with what you have, yeah, yeah. Um, you can be you can make a major difference with the little bit that you have if you're willing yeah. and if your heart is willing yep. to be that blessing. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So it don't matter what you got. You got something yeah. or, or, or some way to help somebody. So I, I tried to address this in the message a little bit, uh, but I, I, I feel like it's the elephant in the room that mm -hmm. we kind of got to tackle. And that is for the person saying, OK, I've been praying mm -hmm. and I've been obeying. And I still don't have enough mm -hmm. and I'm still struggling. And every month is, am I going to make it every, every paycheck? It's like, I don't know if this is going to be enough and I'm struggling, but I keep praying and I keep obeying. When does it get easier? Like why, why should I keep doing this if I'm still struggling? Mm -hmm. And and I would say it's a first off, what other choice you got, but to keep doing it. <laughs> But anyway, um, there's a right way and there's right, a wrong way. Right, right. I mean, it, things could always be worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I would say, and I, and I know that's that's not. I'm not saying that as if somebody's problems are insignificant because they're not. Absolutely. What you're going through is, I, I get it. Um, it's it's a thing. It's a real thing, and it's a real need. Yeah. Um, but if God's word is true then there's no alternative but to continue to just hang in there. The Bible talks about through faith and patience, yeah. you will inherit the promises of God. Um, and a lot of it is not a God sitting there watching us struggle for the sake of making us struggle. To me, I believe that we don't do anything with God perfectly. Yeah. And that's that's how we end up in those situations. Back to, Not to go back to my mother, but she was faithful. But yeah. clearly there was something that she wasn't obeying perfectly to be in a constant state of need whatever that was somewhere in life, yep. she missed a step yep. from God in my belief. Um, and that don't mean God wasn't blessing her when she missed that step. Um, but I think that God has a, a way, a path for us to go and, and we'll get off and we'll come back and he'll continue to bless and continue to be good. But there's, there's some things you can't get back that you've missed. Like if you've missed step one and now you pick up with God at step three, it may be some security or yep. some provision that's already been missed that would have had you in a different situation yeah, yeah. than what you're in now. And that's not to condemn. That's not to yeah. do anything, but it's just to understand that it's not a God thing. It's just a we don't do it perfectly. Yeah. Um, we strive to pray and obey, but I could guarantee you, I ain't obeyed everything that God done told me to do in the last week. And whether it's whether it's not giving him time enough to get it through to me or whether it's total disobedience. You know what I mean? I would hope yeah. it's not just I'm just trying to be disobedient more than it is the distractions of life, the cares of this, of this world yeah. get you not being in tune, not acknowledging yeah. God and everything that you do. Um, and it's a constant effort and fight to do that. I think that's yeah. what a lot of the Christian fight is, yeah. is to line ourselves up with God yep. consistently so that we can see the fruit and the benefit of doing that. Yeah. And we're not going to do it perfect. We yeah. already know that. He already knows that. Yeah. Um, his word talks about how we know in part, we prophesy in part. A lot of, a lot of, uh, I think that our struggles here on earth are those things yeah. that we're not going to walk it out perfectly. Yeah. I think I'll probably offend some people with this statement, but I offended so many people yesterday. I might as well keep it going. Uh, but the, the, I have a huge issue with prosperity gospel mm -hmm. uh, and just this idea that, that, that um, God, if you give God money, he's mm -hmm. going to give you more money. Mm -hmm. 
And it just, I don't see that in scripture anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in the lives of the disciples. I mean, try, mm-hmm. try selling that one to Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul would look at you like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but blessings and provision from God is not that you're going to have a Mercedes mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Like God's provision is going to be that when you are in need, you go to him and he will provide your need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that fully. And and I honestly, the, the pray and obey, even when life is hard, I, man, I think there's so much blessing and goodness that comes out of those seasons. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, my wife and I, so we, we had that desperate struggle for, for about two years. Mm-hmm. But for about like eight years, it was touch and go. Like mm-hmm. it was rough. But there was a two-year window when it was drastic. It was it was bad. That's that's when I had to get the second job. That's when we were, you know, we had the conversations of I guess we're fasting today. Right, right. This is not a spiritual decision. Yeah, this is a there's no money and there's no food, so mm-hmm. we're not eating. Uh, but since we're Christians, let's call it fasting, right? Because uh, then it makes you feel better about right, it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so like we we had those moments, mm-hmm. and what I I would I would not trade those years of my life for anything. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like what God did in me, in my wife, and in our relationship, in that, man, we learned so much in the struggle Mm -hmm. that we would have never learned outside Mm -hmm. of the struggle. Mm -hmm. We learned how to trust God with things that we had no other choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And and now today, we can trust God with things where we do have a choice, but we still trust him because Mm -hmm. we learned that's what you do, Mm -hmm. right? There's lessons that I learned about humility right there's the, when i'm when i'm talking with somebody that that's hungry i know what that feels like mm-hmm. when i i worked for a while at a, a thrift store where we had a food pantry out of the back and so i'm i'm talking with people that are are in need mm-hmm. and i could sit there and, and tell them hey i i took food from from a food pantry too mm-hmm. like uh, it's okay like because that was usually the the biggest thing was shame like you'd see people come in and because we're a thrift store in the front but a, a food pantry in the back they'd kind of like poke around at the clothes mm-hmm. and like look around like like they don't want to just come up they don't want to just come up and be like hey i have no money and i have no food can right. you help me mm-hmm. uh because it's embarrassing yeah for for most people mm-hmm. and and being able to just comfort them and say hey you don't need to be embarrassed mm-hmm. like i i've been where you are mm-hmm. um in fact while i was working that store there there was times when i took food home from mm-hmm. the food pantry because yeah. we just we didn't have anything mm-hmm. Uh, but the the reality is how much I learned to just trust God mm-hmm. and the prayer and obedience, even in the struggles, is still worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's never to say, OK, if I give God ten dollars, he's going to give me twenty dollars. So I always come out on top. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes mm-hmm. you give God ten dollars and he says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so would you say um, back to your struggles and what you learned through them? Um, what's your take on it? Would you say that? um and, I, and, and I'm asking this question. I know how I feel about it. Would you say that God put you in the struggle or would you say that God teaches you stuff in the struggle that was probably more of a man-made yeah, yeah. created struggle? Man, um, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in general, it's usually more of man-made mm-hmm. um, and then God uses it. I honestly, I think, and this is this this may be, may be wrong, <laughs> But I think speci- the specific situation my wife and I are in, I think God needed us to go through that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it was, yes, there's there's some some people and some situations because mm-hmm. there was even in that season learning how to not be bitter um, mm-hmm. was a huge lesson mm-hmm. that, that I was learning. Um, but I, I think, you know, when I look back on it, I, I would even say, yeah, I think, look, does, does God cause bad things to happen? Oh, man, I don't, I don't know. 
that's a that's a hard one to mm-hmm. to wrestle with, but maybe. And and in this specific situation, I would lean towards. I think God wanted us in that place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you went there totally in line with God. Yeah. 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 Even though God knew it was going to be struggles. Oh, you did, right. to answer so that, that's yeah, kinda, absolutely. So like when, so that's kinda, when we were presented, hey, would you go off to this other state and work at this church? Mm-hmm. Um, we were presented with that. Our immediate r- response was, that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. a good idea. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing a great job here. We're loving. We're, we're leading a youth ministry that had over 100 students every mm-hmm. week. And they're like, yeah, I think we got like five kids over mm-hmm. here and none of them are happy with the church. And so maybe mm-hmm. you can go do something with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like. 105, 105, nah, I don't know, man. Uh, but we prayed mm-hmm. and it was, it was so evident. It was so crystal clear that God was saying go mm-hmm. that, yeah, there's some circumstances after the going that were outside of our control or mm-hmm. some things that were in our control that led us to the the desperate state. But ultimately it was, I, I really do believe God wanted us there. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about ministry in that mm-hmm. time and, I mean, riding my bicycle to to the church and then going and cleaning restaurant exhaust systems in mm-hmm. the night, and then I learned so much about ministry because I was I was great with the crowd, mm-hmm. but I wasn't good with the one on one. And going from a hundred kids where I barely even knew anybody's names, mm-hmm. but it was I could co- put on a great event and we could have the hype and the energy right. and all that. So I was great with the crowd, right. but then I go to a place where it's like there's three kids and they're looking at me like, why am I here? Right, right. So so because I feel like God is very purposeful mm-hmm. within that who other than you benefited somebody else had to benefit not just yeah. you learned a huge lesson yeah. on a lot of different things from humility yeah. to you oh, know what i mean man. so many people mm-hmm. were were blessed in that season um so the guy that i i did the restaurant exhaust mm-hmm. cleaning job with uh so that part of south bend right around that time there was the financial bust and the RV industry um, collapsed, mm-hmm. which seems like a really weird thing. But in South Bend, Indiana, it's like the main manufacturer and, and distributors mm-hmm. of RVs yeah. in the country. And so the RV industry crashed. So the mechanics and the factory workers right. lost their jobs. They mm-hmm. lose their jobs. They're not going to the movies. They're not going to restaurants. Yeah. The restaurants. Down effect. Yeah. yeah. It just, and so like the, the whole town was just affected by this. So. This was a guy that he was affected by, lost his job. Mm -hmm. So he was desperate. So he wanted to start this business, but he didn't have anybody that he could rely on to help him with it. So me just saying, yeah, I'll be your, I'll be your number two Mm -hmm. for this. Um, like it, it helped him get through a season. Mm -hmm. Um, our youth that came, I mean, crazy stories of one of our youth was he, when we finally left, man, it was the most tearful goodbye mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Uh, and he, he pulled us aside and talked about, you know, before you came here, I thought I was a sociopath mm-hmm. and this is a highly intelligent kid. So when yeah. he throws out the word sociopath, he wasn't, he knows what it means. He knows what he, it means. Yeah. He knows like he was, he's like, I really felt like, because I don't feel things the way other people do. And mm-hmm. I don't, but you taught me how to love mm-hmm. and, and what it looks like to be uh, caring and kind mm-hmm. and, and it was, man, it broke me mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, a kid being able to have mm-hmm. that conversation. Uh, I mean, we took this this group of three or five, three to five kids that were there because they were forced to be there. So, mm-hmm. man, we had 20, 30 youth coming. We had kids getting saved. We had kids getting baptized. So, like, God did amazing mm-hmm. things yeah. uh, in that season. Yeah. It's so it's so it's so interesting because you know if you know me I'm pretty optimistic <laughs> I'm an optimistic person and this conversation and the thoughts of that is good because the only way that I can see our good God um, allowing bad things yes not fully in the 
causing yes. bad things. No, 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 no. Allowing bad things. That works. Okay. okay. Um, but using your situation, only the way I can see our good God allowing bad things is because the overall outcome there's of it. Good. There's a greater good. Yeah. Um, why did he allow man to sin and all these people got to have these issues? Because it's it's okay. There's a greater purpose to it yeah. type of thing. Um, it, it's kind of like he before you can be a believer. Um, no, I'm, I'm getting off track. <laughs> I'm getting off track. But the bottom line is, I, I just feel like yes, if you went through that, not only did you benefit, yeah, but it was it was a lot of good yeah. that came out of that. Well, that's it, just kind of even even yeah. if you if, uh, forget all of the good that happened while it was happening. Yeah, you know, in my life, in my wife's life, in our marriage, I mean, we bonded in that time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, we had nothing else to do except for sit and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have money to go yeah, out. You don't yeah. have, like so. It just we we connected in a, in a greater way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church, the ministry that we were doing, there was blessings there. Mm-hmm. The people that were coming over, like all of that. But put all of that aside. Even just the fact that I could tell that story in the mm-hmm. sermon yesterday. Yeah. There were people that heard yeah. that story yesterday that that came up to me afterwards and mm-hmm. said, "I've been there. Yeah. I am there currently. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Now I know what to do." Yeah. Yeah. So because I faced a problem, I can now solve that problem for others mm-hmm. that are facing it. Yeah, absolutely. And my first thought was, of course, it helped people in your sermon yesterday. But I was trying to figure out. <laughs> but I know it had to help somebody in that space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So both and. But that's good because yeah. that's the first thing I thought. Then I said, no, forget yesterday. Forget the yeah, sermon. Yeah, yeah. I know good and well that yeah. when you're going through that stuff, somebody's being blessed and yeah, not yeah. just you. Excellent. Because absolutely. God is a not. Ju- he, that's yeah. how he operates. Yeah. He's not. He blesses us to be a blessing. I know that don't sound like a blessing, the stuff you was going through, but people were being blessed. You were being blessed all while you was going through these struggles. And it was a setup for your future. It was a setup for future sermons. It wasn't that God is this big, bad God, (laughs) but he's very purposeful in um, helping people and getting people to see who he is. Um, And sometimes we may not quite understand how that works, but but he's still good. He's still good if. If 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 those that really give their life for the gospel wasn't willing to do it, we'd be in trouble <laughs> a in problem. a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So yeah. so yeah, so and same thing in those places where it is real persecution. Yep. If it wasn't nobody there willing yep. to put their truly put their life yep. on the line for the gospel, it ain't because God is this bad God doesn't yeah. want them to put their life on the line for the gospel. Yep. But there's some good that's gonna come out of you putting your life on the line yep. for the gospel. You yep. know what I mean? 100%. So. And, and for me, like, I learned so much about perspective even in that. Because, like, there was times when my wife and I would be looking at each other like, man, why is our life so so mm-hmm. awful? Yeah. And then we'd hear a story of somebody else and it was like, man, our life is great. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're fine. Yeah. Like, we have we have a home. Yeah. Like, in all that, we never missed a payment. Yeah. I don't know how, but, but we never missed a payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we knew other people that were struggling that, yeah. that weren't able to do that. And yeah. then talking to missionaries and mm-hmm. it's like, man, you, you had new stuff. Like mm-hmm. we had nothing. Yeah. Um, talking to people that have literally just laid down their lives for the gospel mm-hmm. in, in other countries and, and gladly did it willingly did it. It's like, mm-hmm. man, my, my momentary afflictions mm-hmm. are nothing yeah. compared yeah. to the eternal glory. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's cool because it, it reminds me of the Philippines and, uh, coming back from the Philippines and showing my wife pictures of like the real struggles that people was having, like the outreach that we did where, yeah where we're out there in the middle of the dirt with chickens and dogs and goats or whatever was running around out there and 
bugs biting. And I remember telling her, we're out in, at this outreach with these kids who are just thankful to be there, thankful to get a meal. And it popped in my head to even like the just I was disgusted with the thought of even being upset that I'm getting bit by mosquitoes yeah. and it's burning hot and I'm sweat yeah. going everywhere. It was just like in that moment, it was like, yeah. who cares? We got it so, so good. Yep. Um, and to be in that moment and to be able to bring that back and talk to my wife about it and show just to, to see those things, it gives us both perspective at yeah. how blessed we really are. Um, how it's always somebody going through something worse than 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 what you are. So be thankful. Be yep. thankful for what you have and what you what just what you have. Absolutely. Um, because 100%. it's it could be worse. So the rule is pray and obey. Mm -hmm. So obedience. My definition of obedience is hard work. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's it's uh, biblical obedience. So the Bible tells you to be a good steward. Mm -hmm. So I I can tie obedience to to that, and mm -hmm. it basically encompasses everything that yeah. you're supposed to do. Like. Yeah. A good steward gets on a budget, makes smart financial decisions, mm -hmm. works hard, shows up on time, doesn't complain, mm -hmm. like all these things. So like to me, obedience is is hard work. Uh, and then we laid out prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, prayer is the thing we do at the beginning, in the middle, and the end. Mm -hmm. Right. We pray first, we pray through, and we pray uh, last. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we see that modeled. That might have been the biggest stretch I had in the sermon, mm -hmm. uh, just because John doesn't explicitly say yeah. Jesus went to the mountain to pray. But yeah. man, every other yeah. every other scripture you, I looked you, up, you let up you let the crowd them. answer the question. Yeah, you didn't you know, even say man, it. Just, you just threw it out I, there. And I the feel crowd like knew. it's it's a safe bet that Jesus was going to a yeah, mountain to pray because yeah. every other time he went to a mountain, he, he prayed. prayed. So prayed. the one time he doesn't is this story. But I feel like that's part of the framework of mm -hmm. Jesus goes to the mountain to assumedly pray. He prays right in the middle of, of the miracle, mm -hmm. blesses the food, gives thanks for it, I should say. Uh, and then at the end of the story, he goes right back to the same mountain to pray. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's how we should approach uh, our lives, mm -hmm. that, that we pray without ceasing. We cover mm -hmm. this thing in prayer. What are your thoughts on, on those aspects? So the obedience mm -hmm. and the prayer, what does that look like in your life? What advice do you have for people? Mm -hmm. Uh, as we kind of wrap up this mm -hmm. this convo. So first, I think it's safe for you to say that he prayed because Jesus talked about how he only did what he saw the father do, only say what he hear the father do, say. And to me, it's an easy answer. Well, where did he hear and, and see? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In prayer. So yeah. to me, everything he did, he heard and saw in prayer. Yeah. Um, okay. he, he was prepared for ministry by going and praying all the time. And that's a pattern. It's a pretty strong pattern in the Bible. But anyway, um, pray and obey. Um, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is you went through it yesterday, Proverbs three, six, and all your ways acknowledge God yep. and he shall direct your paths. That to me, that's that whole thing. Wrapped we we up. added that to the sermon because you gave it to us in sermon. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, hey, we yeah. need this one. Well, because that sums up both parts of it. Yep. Acknowledging God is praying. Talk to God about it. You know what I mean? Take it to God first. Um, and then the obedience part is is doing what he tells you to do. He's going to yeah, direct yeah. your path. So yeah. do it. Whether it's through the word that's already written, yep. which is how we could take a financial series and say, obey. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's already written to steward yeah. your finances properly. Yep. That's already in there. Um, and then, so yes, praying and obeying. It was so funny. Um, before I came up here, I saw myself in the mirror with this shirt. I can help. That me. says I can help. Well, on the back, it says, ask me. So to me, it's like, just pray, ask God, yeah. and he can help. That's why you want to pray is. and obey. Come so on, it was look just at that. so funny. I was like, 
Look at that. Hey, ask me. I can look help. How, look how intentional that t-shirt is. <laughs> it wasn't. We were putting up Christmas decorations, and I needed something that I could sweat out. <laughs> but it worked out. So, um, so yes. So, in my life, that is um, something I'm striving to do more. That in all your ways acknowledge. Yes. Um, that's saying a lot. Yep. Because in all your ways acknowledge. It's easy to, in situations where you don't feel like you need prayer or where, you, where you're in a good place, to not consult God about it. Yep. Um, it's easy to have overflow in different areas and not think that you need to talk to God about what you should do with some of that overflow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is something for me that 100% we need to focus on and be intentional about. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, of course, we're not going to do a perfect moment because something seems so small that yep. we think, and I and I don't even think this way. Why bother God with that? You know, I don't think that way because I... Yeah. I believe that God wants us to talk to him as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I think he loves it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a bother. No, it's not a bother. It's not a bother at all. So I think we should all be striving for that because there is a, I think that it's as much as we want to give and put in towards seeking God about what we need to do is what we're going to get out of it. That's kind of how I see it. So if we go to God a little bit, yeah, he'll be gracious. He'll be good with, with the little bit we come to him about. But we could actually go to him about everything. We could actually stop a lot of things before they ever happen if we truly consult God. And I believe all the way back to the why does God let bad things happen, when you said it, it takes me to the obvious things, the big tragedies and things like that um, that happen. And to me, there's some times where, well, how about this? I, I know there's times where God told me don't go places and I didn't go and I heard about shootings and things happening. Yeah. To me, um, and from a scriptural standpoint, it talks about how God will always, for with the temptation, he'll provide a way of escape. But anyway, for me, I feel like God is always trying to give us a way out of yeah. trouble. Yeah. And are we going to acknowledge him yep. before we go anywhere, before we do anything, are we going to acknowledge God? Yep. And a lot of times I think that some of the tragedies and things that we see Absolutely. are exactly yeah. that. We never slow down enough to acknowledge God. Yeah. Your mother from the pulpit once said, pray before, pray to go to Walmart. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's real. Like, <laughs> if it's going to be a shooting at Walmart, you might want to have prayed. Yeah. Because I believe, I don't think it's this, it's your time, so I might as well go to Walmart. I don't yeah. believe that in the least bit. Yeah. I believe that if I sought God about it, he'd probably tell me not to go to Walmart. That day, and I may not know why. Yeah. I may have no idea, and I may just want to go to Walmart. But um, my mother taught us at a young age, follow your inner man. Yeah. Follow the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking inside of you. If you get this, like, something in you that tells you don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. And, man, have I got out of trouble several <laughs> times in the midst of foolishness, in yeah. the midst of foolishness where it's like, don't do that. I'm in the middle of a drunken rage. You know what I mean? I'm in the middle of doing it. So I'm telling a, me not to yeah, do it. Yeah. But, yeah. It, and I've, I, those moments have caught me so many times through my life where I, after the fact, I could look back and, and not long after the fact, I can look back and see where God steered me out of trouble yeah, yeah. when I probably deserved trouble, but yeah. he steered me out of trouble. And, my buddy, uh, Daryl, who passed back in January, one of our last conversations was exactly that. It was, well, it, it started with how could him saying, how could God love me with the things that I've done? And I said, twin, I used to be sitting next to you doing the exact same things. And I'm Pastor Asa and he loves me. So I'm like, what's yeah. the difference? I was right next to you. It's not about the things you've done. It's yeah. about surrendering. Um, and then we talked about 
um, prayer and how prayer over the course, how he saw pray, prayer being effective over the course of our journey together. He was like, man, we'd be doing things and in the middle of it, you would just be like, snap out of it and man, we shouldn't do this. And you would call, call an audible and do something different in the middle of foolishness. And I would be like, what's wrong with this guy? And continue and I'd go to jail and you'd go home scot-free. And I said, yeah, because for one, my mother's at home praying and she taught me a long time ago, if it don't feel right, stop and don't do it. Yeah. And I think that we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. One, some have no idea that that's even a thing. So I yeah. thank God for growing up in a way where I know that. And and two, sometimes we just not going to obey. But I believe that there's a acknowledge God and your life will be better off. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that that's I know that that's true because I've seen it several times in my life. I think I told the yeah. story about driving in the snow and the Lord telling me, I believe the Lord telling me to make a left turn on Indian wood. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not taking this long way home. It's a snowstorm. I'm trying to go straight home. And finally, at the decision point, I slowed down. And I said, oh, Lord, I guess I'm going to turn left. And as I slowed down, this car comes sliding through the stop sign right into the woods with a T-bone right into me. And I watched it. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord. And I turned left and went home. And didn't even, I should have stopped and helped the person at that point. But I was so like, oh, thank God for just working on me. From the time I got in the car, I got a two-year-old and a one-year-old at home. And he's telling me, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left. And I'm sitting there driving rationalizing yeah. why I should be disobedient to what I know is yeah. God trying to save my life. Yeah. But in that moment, I, he finally got through to me and I believe that my life was saved or whatever. I may yeah. not have died, but I believe that crash was avoided yeah. because he got through to me. And I think that that's what God wants to do. If we would acknowledge him in all our ways, yep. we just don't do it perfectly. Yeah. So that's my thought on prayer, pray and obey. I love it. No, I, th I think it's beautiful. And, and right. The principle is just pray all the time. Yeah. Like when, when the Bible says pray without ceasing, mm -hmm. some of us want to try and like get around that mm -hmm. or justify not doing that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's pretty clear. Just, yeah. Just pray about everything. And I think part of that might be people's thought that you got to get down on your knees right, right, and get right, in a right. somber moment and right. pray. No, talk to God mm -hmm. yeah. all the time. Yep. I love it. I think I've told this story before, but I had a, a, a guy that um, I knew that never ended a prayer with amen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's just like, it just doesn't make sense to, yeah. to say amen because that's the end of your conversation with God. Mm -hmm. I don't want my conversation with God to ever yeah. end. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's really like, there's some stretching <laughs> the semantics on that, right. but I love the heart behind it. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is, yeah. this is real. Yeah. So we, 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 what we said yesterday is we pray for it before mm -hmm. paycheck even hits the account. Yeah. I'm talking with God about this. Yeah. God, beginning of the month, God, what do you want me to do this mm -hmm. month with my finances? Pray first. Then when you're in a, a need, you're praying through that need. So God, I need, to, uh, I need wisdom on this decision financially. God, I need provision uh, for this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray until I've got the wisdom that God's going to give me, or I've got the provision that, that I'm needing or whatever it mm -hmm. is. I'm going to keep praying all the way through that. And then I want to be, I'm, I'm probably going to use this story in a, in a sermon coming up. So pretend like you just heard it for the first time that time. Right. Uh, but uh, there's 10 lepers that are healed. Mm -hmm. Only one of them comes back yeah. in, in gratitude. And I think we should always strive to be the one that mm -hmm. comes back. So yeah. after the miracle is done, make mm -hmm. sure you go back and acknowledge yeah. that God did something. Yeah. Yeah. So we pray, we cover it in prayer mm -hmm. is the way I put it. You pray first, you pray through, you pray last. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah, that's good.
That's really good. And and I know I know in the Bible Jesus was telling folks, don't go tell about this miracle. That's because the time wasn't yet. Now that the time has come, tell of his goodness. Yeah. You will help somebody by telling people what God has done. Absolutely. So, Amen. Yeah. I love it. Amen. All right, Asa, thank you for, for sharing your story a little bit and uh, hanging out with us today. No problem. We're going to be back uh, next week. We're starting a brand new series, Peaks and Valleys, mm-hmm. talking about the high points and low points in life mm-hmm. and what do we do. Uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. I think you it's answered time. it already. Just we pray and obey. Pray and obey. <laughs> You'd be good. I mean, I kind of feel like I probably don't have to preach another sermon for the rest of my life. Right. Like it, they can all be answered with pray and obey. Pray and obey. Yeah. <laughs> what should I do with my marriage? Pray and, pray and obey. What should I do for my kids? Pray and obey. What should pray I do hard and obey. Pray and obey. Man, for real. I got a teenager and a soon-to-be teenager. Yeah, I got two and, teens ooh, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost there. But is I thank God for that's even a blessing yeah, because I was a terror. <laughs> My kids are sweet. They're angels. <laughs> like, and I ain't, the, I ain't the only one that think they sweet. Kids. Like, I, I, like I love them. They're easy. And I'm like, kids. Lord, thank you, because yeah. I deserved so much worse. <laughs> is, it, is it Fizzy that was saying that he actually enjoys working with the kids? Yeah. 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 Throw them back there a funny. little bit more. Ben Ava, been, Ava says she kids. hates kids. I don't know if hate is a word <laughs> in church you can say, but anyway, she doesn't really hate them. It's nice. funny because uh, uh, Victor's wife. Felicia. Felicia, Felicia said, you know, your daughter told me in the middle of uh, serving back there that I can't tell those kids I'm a whoop them. <laughs> like, that's kind of funny. She's like, she's like, you know, you can't say that to those kids. I'm like, yeah, you can tell them. I tell her all the time. I just never do it. She don't really deserve to be whooped, but I just use it as a threat. I love it. <laughs> so anyway. That's a really weird note to end this podcast on, but we're going to do it anyway. So thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Later. (laughs)